continue the conversation now around the Deputy President, Paul Mashatile. Strong conversations, a strong denial, as you heard uh, from him yesterday, from his office through a statement uh, of the claims made against him by News24. Dr. Ralph Matecher is a political analyst and author. He's also a columnist, and I should tell you his column sits on News24. He joins us now. Dr. Matecher, good morning. These claims around the Deputy President, he denies them, won't do interviews on this issue. How do you judge the denial? Good morning, Stephen, and great to be chatting to you. Good morning to SFM listeners. I think that, uh, Stephen, uh, this is just a bad start for the president. I mean, uh, one would have thought that the president would be starting by responding on issues relating to maybe the substance of his program uh, uh, as his uh, uh, impending takeover has been spoken about. But now he's dealing with these allegations. And the denial, Stephen, he's not denying association. He's denying insinuation that is being made from this association. The article is actually saying that uh, 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 the deputy president is living beyond his means, and this is how he manages to sustain it, by pointing to that string series of benefactors that are always around him. It's going to be a difficult ethical issue. Legally speaking, Stephen, he can say, legally, I have committed no problem, I have committed no offense. But ethically, it's a question of against the backdrop of state capture. You can just justify by saying, yes, I associate with these people, they are my friends, but it just ends there and there is no nothing further to read from this. It is becoming difficult when one looks at how his lifestyle is being articulated there, the cost and everything is clearly beyond a public servant's salary. Um, there's a sort of interesting line in this where he, the statement says, nor does the deputy president have ownership or permanent use of any properties bought by these individuals and companies. And these individuals are, he's talking about Edwin Sordi and, and people like that. Um, he doesn't have permanent use. What does that mean? Does he have temporary use? I mean, are people going to ask questions around that? I mean, Stephen, is it a timeshare agreement or what? I don't know here as well, but Stephen, I can tell you that uh, when you look at this thing, we've come a long way with this thing. We know of this arrangement where uh, people tend to live in houses where uh, there is no paper tray except for them just being there. And they can, if they cannot deny being there and using uh, those luxury houses, uh, those houses that are being seen as proceed of crime, that are actually sexually some that are proceed of crime because some houses we're talking about are being, are being attached by the assets for feature units. And I think it makes someone an accomplice. You cannot claim ignorance, particularly if you are in the public space here. So the idea of drawing that technical line of saying, I've got no permanent use, is almost saying that they're not registered in my name. I've got no formal association. But you cannot disprove that you go there to benefit. And that on its own raises a serious, deep ethical issue, Stephen. Um, one of the key questions, I suppose, comes to something you've pointed to, which is how did a deputy president end up spending time in a house which has now been seized by the state the, as the proceeds of crime? Is there any way for him to answer that question? And I mean, I sort of point to the fact that he and his spokesperson aren't doing interviews. I mean, I mean, I mean, Stephen, the old saying says, show me your friends. I'll tell you who you are. I mean, you, that, that's just the question of association. And this has been a problem. Uh, uh, for most politicians who want to say they are entitled to whatever association they want. But at the same time, they know they're in the public space. They know they've got access to policy levers. And that on its own, we don't have to have a smoking gun here that says someone has actually signed on this, that affected to gay. The mere fact that you benefit from someone 
who has entrenched themselves in the state institution unduly benefiting. It is questionable. You don't need a smoking gun for someone to be saying that, look, this has placed me in an untenable position. I don't think I'll be able to better serve the people of the country. One might have to think in that way. Machatila seems to be particularly angry at the claim that he's trying to um, assume the office of the presidency uh, sort of before the end of, of President Ramaphosa's second term, um, that he's becoming, that he's preparing to become president sooner rather than later. He says he's spending all of his time supporting the president in his role as deputy president. What's going on? And I mean, there's so much sort of whispering. And in politics, whispering, sometimes you, as a journalist, you should ignore it. Sometimes you need to pay attention to, to whispering because whispering can turn into something else. I was even, I wouldn't. I would not blame him for that. The, where is the president, Stephen? I mean, there is a power vacuum. There is no doubt about it. The president has got a lot of crises to respond to. You don't see the president pronouncing himself so prominently on issue. He has not changed the tone since the day he took over. He acknowledges mistakes. He acknowledges things. But you know, people, you see articles. You read, Stephen. There is a sense that where is the president? So Mr. Manchatia should not worry about uh, about the fact that he's, he's going into that uh, vacuum. He's trying to occupy that. Probably maybe the concern is the functional atmosphere against which this is happening, Stephen. That actually says that uh, 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 he's coming from a faction that wants to exceed the president. But I also have a sense, Stephen, I can say this, that I think the president just can't wait to leave the office. He seems very disinterested in what is going on in the country. Sure. Strong statement. Um. Mashatila had a political base in Gauteng. He was leader of the ANC there for a very long time. And at one point, and I think this is important for people to remember, perhaps, um, that he, he actually stood against the then President Jacob Zuma. And Gauteng, the Gauteng ANC was the only province to do that during those years. But if he became the leader of the ANC, would he have a national profile? Would he actually win the party votes. Do voters uh, know him as well as they, they know uh, Ramaphosa, as they knew Ramaphosa when he was deputy president, as, as well as they knew uh, Jacob Zuma when he was deputy president, or even Thabo Mbeki before that? I think, Stephen, you're going to a very critical question that we discussed in a different format here on SASM about uh, the importance of regions. I mean, Mashatile came through the Gauteng regional lobby, if you put it that Gauteng has asserted itself quite strongly at the national conference. But does it mean that the leadership that comes through can actually assert themselves nationally? Or we are going to see them uh, surviving much more through the networks they've created at, at regions where a strong region is the one that will sustain a leader at national level. Instead of a leader at national level coming up, representing, or a leader, com- a leader coming from the region, Stephen, but asserting themselves at national level. level. Maybe that, that time is gone. Maybe the, the, the era of the president of the ANC presiding over the party or asserting themselves at national level is gone. Maybe all we are seeing is just the region taking over, consolidating, and then giving way to another region, and so forth and so forth. I'm a firm believer that this is where it is going, that the idea that you're going to have a national leadership that has got that national character of the NC that can enjoy that legitimacy nationally as it used to be the case before, it's no longer the case. No longer, you're no longer going to see that because where are we going? natural devolution of power to regions. Regions matter a lot. I can even link this to a discussion with Mr. Stephen Hazel about the DA focusing on a region. We spoke about this. Power is becoming regional. And I think the idea of a national strong leadership 
it is just no longer going to hold. That has huge implications for the nation. It means that different parts of the country would become uh, less attached to each other. I mean, they would still be attached to each other, but there'll probably be more provincial inequality. That would be a huge development. That is going to be the backdrop of it. There will be more provincial inequality as we see it at the beginning of it, but it does not mean that uh, it's going to be the end of it. Imagine, you're still going to have parliament, but imagine if other provinces become exemplary at national level. You've got representatives going to province, to, to parliament. You've got the sharing of ideas at national level. What that means does not necessarily mean that you kill the national idea. But what you're saying is the national, if it comes to form, of it, if it comes to be, it is likely mostly going to depend a lot on the region. The region is going to be determining the national picture. It will start as differentiated, different regions being different. But I think over a period of time, it will move in synchronicity. And I see democracy as naturally regional still. Dr. Rolf Matecha, thank you. Political analyst, author and columnist at News24.